This is Tony Berluti. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is Chase Sexton. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Do a Twitter poll on who picked that music. Did Darkside or DJ TJ pick that music? Um, it's we- amazing music. Okay. <laughs> I just don't have any response. I don't know what to say. I I have control I mean, of the, like the volume here. I do like. Yeah, I can't even hear myself right now. Turn my, my volume up a little bit. I mean, ACDC is great. Yeah. Ooh, that's too hot. Too hot. Too hot. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing some audio tests live. Yeah, we're doing adjustments on the fly. All right, guys. Episode 85. Pretty great night tonight. We've got some good guests lined up. We've got Ryan Sipes. Uh, you, you guys know that he ran the 125. What was that? Just keep doing okay. your job. 125 at Muddy Creek a couple weeks ago. Uh, we've got Mandy Fontaine, PR manager for Honda. Vernon McKitty, track builder former privateer, pro-privateer from Texas, and Ikua Hughes. He is Ryder D's mechanic, and he is a former pro. So we're talking to those those guys tonight. But first, right off the bat, let's talk about Shock Socks, the original, number one, second. Whew, already, I'm off. Turn the music down. It's throwing me off. I'm sorry. Oh, I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, Shock Socks, the original, and number one, 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing fork seals. How about you, TJ? I definitely do not. <laughs> I am either. I got to do it too. On two. So bucks. what you need to do is go to your local dealer, ask them about shock socks, or check them out at BermMotorsports.com. Tell them that uh, you heard about them on the Moto X Pod show. Did they hear everything about on the Moto X? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And follow them on Instagram and Facebook. And if you need a new set of graphics, you need to hook up with Char at MX Girl Designs. MX Girl Designs specializes in vintage and modern MX graphics. She can pretty much do anything, custom, any custom idea, anything that you can bring to your mind, she can make happen. She does it at a great price, and she knocks them out of the park every time. Contact Charlene at char at mxgirl.com or follow her on Instagram. When riding dirt bikes, protection is key. All sport dynamic wrist braces are the helmet for your wrists. Top riders like Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarillo, Joey Savacci, Austin Fortner, Alex Ray, uh, many others... Major League Baseball players, NFL players, pro bull riders, all trust Allsport Dynamics. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com for info and follow them at wristbraceguy on Instagram. Hit up Jeff Brewer if you need anything or contact me, Darkside at MX... Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Rough rough start. DarksideMX3 at AOL.com. Uh, yeah, man. Other than we got Amsoil, the Moto X Pod Show is also brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics. 
is an independent dealer of AMS Oil Synthetic Oils. They are riders, racers, and just all-around fans of dirt bikes. Dane Evans is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. You know AMS Oil Sports Moto and is a leader in oil technology. Contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Follow him on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy and Instagram at Dane underscore Evans 393. And as always, let them know the Moto X Pod show sent you. Support our sponsors. Hey, so I, I do have to say that that Mad Jack synthetic thing is actually pretty cool because he can set you up as a dealer. So yep. you can go, you can get the stuff sent directly to you and sell it to your buddies and, and all that kind of stuff. Or if you have a race team and you can get set up as a dealer that way, that's, yes. that's really cool. Yeah, he did that for our buddy Shane Huff, one yeah. of our listeners. Yeah, and I think he's working on a couple others also. That, There's been a few few people that have hooked up with uh, Dane and got their Amsoil. And that starts people off like kind of like how you started with with X-Brand Goggles yeah, and yeah. started off doing that, and now you're traveling the world. Yeah, know, worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah, yeah, I think I've been um, to Tennessee, <laughs> California. Colorado. Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, worldwide. 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 I mean, nothing else counts outside of the United States, right? No, I disagree. Isn't that what all those fans, why, they why were just you? chanting Tomac this weekend? Wasn't, isn't that just because America's the greatest in you the know, world? I, I found that interesting. I guess you listened to Pulp last night in uh, that conversation? I, I've gotten part of it. Well, I think I told you Sunday that I had that conversation with Marvin yes. and Dylan yes. at Muddy Creek. And right. it's kind of funny that it got brought up because, yeah, I, I asked them off record just how they felt about the boos and the issues, and you know, I told them that when I was younger, John Michelle Bell got booed all the time, and they were like, "Really?" They didn't even know, right? And I said, "It sucks, man. It's ridiculous. It totally sucks." And he said, "Well, you know, Marvin said, you know, my, I said you have a big fan base." He said, "Well, I did until, till the issue with Eli happened." And I said, "Man, that's you know, that's bullshit because if Eli had done that to you, the fans would have probably went crazy, right? They would have loved it. It's ridiculous. I don't know. It's, it sucks because Marvin's such a great guy and he's a hell of a racer." And, yeah, and, and they're so nice. You know what I mean? They they really are. I mean, I mean, one of my favorite hosts on Pulp is DV. Yeah, absolutely. He's not a nice guy. <laughs> right. DV would tell everybody to F off. <laughs> yeah, But yeah. Marvin, and it, I don't know about Ferrandis, but Marvin's not that way. No, and I, it didn't seem like Dylan's that way. But, but I'm a nice guy, so that's just how I live my life. Well, I was watching it on the app. And and during the commercials at the, after the end of the race, they just have the camera sitting still, yes, not talking. On the, when you're listening to the, yeah. And so I can hear this, yeah, Tomac, yeah. Tomac. And I'm like. That was happening at Muddy Creek, too. But I was listening, and I'm like, but you barely hear it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. are they yelling Tomac? Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Well, and they were booing at Muddy Creek. And, yeah, it's, it's stupid. What's All you people point? out there. Yeah. What's the point? What does that do? It makes you look like a piece of shit. Yeah, I, I don't get it. And, you know. There's a good chance he could win again this weekend, yeah. and being Fourth of July weekend, it's not going to be any better, and that really sucks. Maybe, maybe America can step up and not be a bunch of douchebags. I, I think that's about impossible for about fifty percent of America. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I don't see any reason in living my life in the negative and being negative. And, right. And there's times, obviously, I am negative and bitchy and stuff, but like. Well, I don't think. Where does that get you? I don't think anybody who's ever been a part of this show would ever be okay with that. As far as guests coming in, people we've talked to, the the people, the call. I mean, nobody, everybody listens to this show and is part of this show. They all know that's stupid. Yeah. Well, I don't. I, I hope so. Just doesn't. I don't know. Anyway, I don't get. The, I don't know what the. We're going to lose listeners because they're going to say I'm hating on them. But uh, <laughs> no, it's just. 
there's no reason to boo these guys. They're out putting on a show for us. And I think Marvin deserves all the respect in the world. If anybody should have got booed, which I don't think it was a racing incident, was Martin on the inside line of um, going inside Fortner. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, <laughs> but he, you know, he he took up he he took the uh, the heat for that. Right. No, know? I don't think he should be booed. I'm saying that was right. It was aggressive. <laughs> yeah, was much. Well, and I do want to say with that call with Pope last night, that was one of our buddies and listeners, Craig Martin, that made that call. And I mean, I I respect him for saying that bringing that up because he was on the same side it's ridiculous and you know craig's craig's known in the industry and i was i was proud of him for you know saying that out loud and i think that i think it's necessary there's just no reason to boo you know i mean i know like if you're a football fan you go to the other team and you boo the other team like i think maybe that's a little different than into to booing an individual person a human being yeah like like okay like i i despise the cowboys but I wouldn't go and boo Dak Shepard or whatever. That's just ridiculous. Well, like, oh, sorry. What makes me sad about it is when the Nationals aren't Supercross. They're not the casual fans that go see the show. Yeah. The Nationals are the grassroots. And yeah, that's. Ugh. I'm just going to blame it on Yankees. <laughs> on all the people from the Northeast. I'm just blaming it on them. I don't know what it is, man. I don't. I don't. I know how. I just don't know where that comes from. I don't get it. You know. I mean, I just don't get it. So I can't really. It's hard for me to make any real statements with and and have any understanding. Right. So I don't. Whatever. I, but it's it's just funny that Craig brought that up last night because I don't think I've told anybody that I had that conversation with Marvin two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, other than you. Yeah. You know, I told him I was doing it off the record, but since it got it brought up last night, and I, I we were trying to get Marvin on for tonight. And then when I found out he was on Pulp, I emailed Stephanie. It's like, hey, let's push it back because okay. – and he actually never – yeah, he never confirmed anyway, but I, but it was just interesting. I wanted to talk to him about that, but they got it out last night. We so. don't mind riding on Steve's coattails a no. little bit, but – Mathis is really, really good about beating <laughs> us to the uh, the punch on, or the you know the, the getting the information first. Yes. He just – he seems we we think alike. That's what it is. Oh yeah, yeah. But I you're just a couple seconds behind him. Just a couple seconds just behind him. A couple him. seconds. But behind hey, that's him. I. That's fine. I'll I'll be the uh, second place the finisher, runner. or even the wherever we finish, <laughs> whatever <laughs> beyond Mathis. But There's so many other podcasts that are better than us, but that's okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like Joe Rogan's better, but come on, it's not Moto. So, as far as the Moto podcasts go, we're top four. And there's like four of them. No, there's more than that now. Oh yeah, there are some. Yeah, other. I met a guy that, at Muddy Creek that's doing uh, whiskey throttle. Uh, I think that's, that's not right. Yeah, maybe it's wh- whiskey throttle. Yeah, he just started that, and um, cool. there's, a, there's a few other guys doing some new shows. So yeah, check those out. I mean, I, for me, I, I'm like hell. If there's more more contents, the better. I'm good. Yeah. I don't really consider it a competition. Like oh, f- screw those guys. No man, I'm, and they do. I hate I hate to say I don't remember his first name. We're, we're friends like on Instagram, but he was a really cool guy. Talked yeah. to him a few minutes. I listened to a couple of shows, and they're they're good. I'll man. check him out. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, he's really, really like, like start. He's in the place where probably you guys were before I came on, where he's just talking to some people he knows, and he's getting a couple. Is he actually, from? Is he from that area? I think he's from Florida. Oh wow! Okay, I think I think that's what I saw. But he's he's getting like two guests a night, and like he got denied his um, uh, media credentials. I guess he just didn't have enough shows yet. He didn't oh, know why. Yeah. So he was asking, like, how do you get these people? I said, man, we just went to, we were doing shows, and I knew, you know, I knew people in Texas, and we started building, and we went to Lakewood, and they, they gave us media credentials. And we beg and plead. and Yeah, and, it just takes time, but, I mean, yeah, check it out. I mean, make sure that's what it is. And you're scary looking, too. 
I am? Yeah, totally scary looking. Dude, I don't think so. And I'm a puppy dog, man. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. Yeah. But- I'm, I'm, look, I'm sorry. I'm looking up, make sure it's whiskey throttle so that I don't say something. I want to give them some credit. Yeah. So whiskey throttle underscore radio on Instagram. Check him out, man. It, and uh, he's a cool dude. He's, he's talked to like Challen Tennant and um, TJ uh, Albright, who right. I talked to right. at Muddy Creek and a few other guys. and. Man, he's working on doing some different. He's talked to Cody Cooper. That was a good one. Uh, Tennessee recap. I got to check Albright, that one out. Dylan Rash. Um, yeah, yeah. Check him out, man. It's it's just more content. Listen to him. I haven't heard much from Cody Cooper, and the things I've seen, he doesn't seem like he has like a super lot of outgoing personality. Like no, he didn't. It, it, um, God, I wish I could do this guy's name, and I so he he had to really work to get some information out of Cody. So yeah, but he's young. Yeah, and, yeah. Which which is weird because. Everybody talks about how the homeschool kids are, you know, the homeschool this and that, but Cooper went to public school and he's weird, so. I don't know if he's weird, <laughs> right, but he's right. quiet. Well, I mean, look at you're weird. Yeah, but I didn't finish public school. <laughs> Does that count? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. You're just a weird person. I mean, hell, you like the freaking Bee Gees ACDC mashup. Dude, so. the Bee Gees are awesome. It's not my fault that you were uncultured. Yeah, I, I fully admit California I, I'm extremely boy. narrow-minded when it comes to music. Yes. Very, very narrow-minded. I know that. Yeah. I can admit my faults, dude. You know, I'm too nice. I only like one style of music. Um, it's, is, it, is it a fault being my friend? I don't know. You'd have to ask somebody else. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, you know, I'm short on patience. Uh, I get a little disheveled, as people could tell, when, especially when I'm having to run the board. I, I'm a little all over the Well, over you were all over the place tonight, and I'm running the board. Yeah, I have no excuse. And I don't know. I, I, I have too many things going through my mind. But anyway, so we only have about 10 minutes before we got to get to Ryan Sipes. What did you think about Southwick? I thought the track was awesome. I thought the – I think it was just good, I guess. I mean, it was great racing. I was really – I mean – Everything this year is played into great racing. I don't know what they've done different. If they've done nothing, it's just happened to be that way. The racing has been good all year, whether the TV crew is just covering it better, the guy, certain guys are closer. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really good, but I'm not like, I'm not really falling, like, fall, like, like, what do you call it? Like, watching it on the edge of my seat. I'm yeah. just enjoying it. I know um, Fantasy <laughs> was like, I don't even want to talk about yeah, it. I tried I'm, to. I don't, don't bring. I did good. I told Marks I, I hate fantasy now, and it's I hate the negative handicap. Dude, I the problem is I tried to pick Dakotas, which everybody did yep, or whatever, yep. and I picked the guy next to him, Doolittle, who didn't even I don't even know who this guy is. I just picked the wrong guy. Right, and you know oh, what? Oh, I see, I see what you're saying. Okay, and and I still got second in our league that we play in. That that's how bad everybody's score was. I had I think we talked about three or four guys that, that got me zero points. <laughs> And it's one or two motos at least. For somebody who loves moto as much as you do, you are the worst. I wasn't fantasy that player. bad like last year. It wasn't as bad, but this year is terrible, dude. Like who who would thought would have thought Dakotas is going to get zero in a moto? And I don't even remember who I picked at this point. But like I just had so many guys that were guys that were running up front or in the mid top ten or fifteen even that had good handicaps that would have got me double points. And then at the end of the moto, they're like twenty fifth, thirtieth. What the you know why cool. it's hard? Because uh, Jason and Truman and all those guys are doing a great job with the Pulp MX Fantasy handicaps. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And stuff like that. And they're making it hard. And listening to the to the Fantasy podcast, they're struggling. So right. it, it, it everybody is. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, 
So I do, man, I was going to say something a second ago and I completely lost my train of thought. But Oh, uh, so if you guys are listening to the show, and I know there's at least five of you out there listening, if you have any, uh, if there's any, like, uh, it, <laughs> I'm so off, man. If you guys have any suggestions, any help, let, let us know, man. Craig Martin called me about, said that, you know, maybe that we could do work on the sound. So, like, let us know because... I don't listen back to the show really, and without, because and I can't stand listening to myself. Talk. Right, so I don't know, man. If there's if there's anything that you guys have suggestions on, hit us up, man. Emails or you know DMs or whatever. Let us know because we definitely want to make this better, and I appreciate any kind of criticism we can get because yep. it definitely helps us. Um, and again, I want you guys to go follow our sponsors. Let them know that you're there because it makes a difference for us. As, even if you hate the show, just tell them you hate the show. Yeah, that's cool too. I mean, I don't care if you Bad follow, if you, call, if you follow shock socks and say, Hey, I hate the Moto X pod show, but your product's cool. That's, that's fine with me. That, that's awesome. Um, and you know, Patreon listeners, we're Patreon subscribers. We've got about 20 right now. It's gone up quite a bit. I appreciate all you guys. It's really, really helping out. It's going to contribute to bettering the show. It's going to contribute to us hopefully getting to go to MXM Nations. A lot of stuff like that. So we appreciate Patreon. We've got some really, really badass stuff going out to our Patreon subscribers. Yep. Probably in the next few weeks, we're working on that. Uh, man, it's just cool stuff. So thank you so much. Really honored that anybody listens to our show and anybody comes on. Yep. So we get to the first guest? Uh, yeah, we didn't really talk about Southwick a whole lot, but let's go ahead and go to the break and we'll get Ryan Sipes on. I will be right back. Guys, our first guest of the night is brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. They are riders and racers and just all-around fans of dirt bikes. Contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Our first guest of the night is the 2015 AMA Athlete of the Year, Rockstar Energy Husqvarna's Ryan Sipes. What's up, Ryan? Uh, out letting the kids ride some bikes around and pushing my daughter in the stroller. So, Heck yeah, man, some time. family time. Family time, that's uh, that's what life's all about when it comes right down to it. Yeah, man, we try to do as much as we can. I mean, I'm gone so much that the times that we can do it, we try to get it, get it in. So. Right. Well, we know you were on Pulp uh, recently, and you talked a little bit about the Muddy Creek situation and with the, riding the 125, so we probably won't focus on that too much. Um We'll talk a little bit about your amateur career and, and just all the two-wheel stuff you do. But before we get into that, though, I, I got to say, so, like, I didn't know anything about your, like, what you got going on right now as far as doing all these different races. I haven't actually followed it. But, I, I mean, I'm asking from your opinion. I think the 125 probably brought you more, like, publicity and people noticing and getting your, getting Husky's name out there than I think anything has, right? Yeah, I mean, it was good. The flat track thing was really big, too. Not in the kind of in the moto industry as much, but the flat track thing is huge now. There's so many people doing that. And so that was kind of part of the idea is to get a little piece of each fan base kind of keeping keeping up with what I'm doing because 
you can have you can have all of the off-road community, <laughs> and it still wouldn't be as big as a piece of every you know yeah. uh, fan base. Yeah, so, makes sense. Trying to kind of, but yeah, the one the one point five thing was big for sure. But I think there's a it's it's going good. I mean, I haven't done as well as I wanted to in everything, but. That's kind of the hard part about it, not focusing on one thing. But uh, I think it's been good. I mean, I've, the amount of exposure I've gotten so far has been really good. Yes, yeah, definitely. So yeah. getting into, like, what we talked about, like your amateur stuff and coming up, I guess, through all the ranks, I look back in the vault for um, Loretta's, and it looks like you kind of struggled there until your last few years. <laughs> to be honest, I wasn't that fast until my last few years. Um, I mean, on the 80s and stuff, we were, I was a top 10 guy, you know, sometimes. And uh, and then once I got on big bikes, my first big bike year was 01. I was fast enough to win, but I just crashed myself out of every moto. <laughs> and 02, another year on the big bike, I finally, like, got it down where I could not crash. Right. And, uh, got like a first and a second yeah. or something, and then the uh, 03, I think I, I think I won a moto or two, but I crashed out, and then 04 got the one title, so in right. second in the other class. So, well, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really blossom until my last few years, to be honest. Was there something so. that that changed other than just moving up to the big bikes? Was there something mentally or something that you were doing training-wise or something just clicked that made you go from a 10th-place guy to a 1st-place guy? Or was it just the big bike? I don't know. Um, I mean, on the 80s, I would, I would win a lot of stuff locally, you okay. know, like big local stuff, like the Mega Series and that kind of stuff. I could win there, but you go to Loretta's and you know, Texas and those places you know maybe top five top ten whatever i don't really know what it was but um i know when i got on the big bike um well my last year on 80s i was too big but team green said you need to still ride the mini bikes so we did i think i don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing i might have killed myself even more if i had got on the big bike earlier but right right once i did get on it it was like whoa yeah now i can ride you know i'm not held back so maybe it was just the big bike i'm not sure well, what do you think about the the motocross um, in general right now? The way the series is and Supercross with the size of the bikes, and you know, there's been a lot of talk about that kind of stuff. Whether you know injuries are being caused by the power of the bikes or the tracks, the way they're being built. I mean, do you have any opinions on all that? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I think a smaller bike would be great. Yeah. Um, or the 450 class, for sure. It's not really um, feasible to do, like, it's not like you could just say, oh, next year we're going to only do 350. Sure. Because then everybody's got to develop one and the whole deal. So, And there's there's injuries in the 250 class as well, exactly. and that's on a smaller bike. So it's not like that would solve everything. Um, so, I mean, I think there's things you could try. I don't know which ones are right, you know. Yeah, I think that's the problem is nobody really has the right answer. It's just, it, we. I feel like we need to do something, but yeah, like say, what What are the goals? Yeah, how, you know how, do, what, you, how do you get you to know that what would, You know what would, what would fix everything is make, <laughs> this is not a, a real answer, but it probably would help is if people made less money. Oh, wow. Because 
people wouldn't be killing themselves to get to win or to do better if everybody made like pretty dang good money. You know what I'm saying? Like you would still have the guys that would excel and rise above, but if everybody was making 200 grand or 500 grand or whatever, yeah, and not not some dudes riding for 20 or 30, those guys are killing themselves trying to win or trying to you know get up in there and like get a factory ride and make all that money. It's not a realistic answer, obviously, no, right? And it probably wouldn't fix everything because you know, I mean that's just not going to happen. But I think about the the amount of money that and the the training and everything that all these guys put in. It's like I have to win, you know. The young kids and even the, the older guys. It's like I'm going to make a million bucks if I win. <laughs> right, so I right. have to win. Yeah. Again, well, it's not realistic, and it probably wouldn't fix everything. But just something I think about every once in a while. Well, I had somebody the other day on another podcast, and, and I would say who where it was if I remember, but they brought up something that just caught me off guard, and I thought it was the greatest idea of just going to one class because then they can, concise, they can get the TV package more concise. They can get people who don't understand this stuff to follow it easier, and then you would just have the top echelon guys all in one class. Oh, that's not the worst idea. They could all be 250s. Yeah, it, the only thing is, I feel like you'd lose some people would lose jobs. Yeah, the amount of jobs would go down because right. you have guys that are. I mean, the only I don't know. It could it could work out to where all forty guys are, you know, making money exactly. and they're they're actually and not like local dudes that are showing up. But then you lose that local part of it. Um, I don't know. It's it's, it's an idea. Well, I, like they were saying though, the you don't have local guys showing up at an F one race in their go karts trying to you know or or, or in their or a NASCAR. You don't have. I mean, it's kind of like this is the top level of the sport. It almost takes away from it when you have the local guys show up. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the guys that are like tenth through fifteenth place now on yeah. a say, uh, traders or uh, whatever, and they're making a little money, probably enough to get by as, you know, kids with no families and right. all that, um, those guys aren't going to get paid anymore right. because all the money is going to go to, you know, if you put both classes together, you have 30 deeds that are legit. Right. Um, and then the last 10 spots, I don't know, but it could work out to where those guys are still getting paid and they make the main sometimes or... Or whatever. I, I just feel like it might cut down on the amount of jobs if it is. Yeah, I can see that. That's the thing is there just is no perfect answer. And I think just trying some things here and there hopefully will help the situation. But it's going to take a, a group effort, and that may never happen, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So, yeah. hey, we talked about your amateur career a little bit. Like, where did your love for two wheels come from to begin with? And, you know, how quickly did you take to – just being good at riding motorcycles or even bicycles, if that's what it was in the beginning, like how did, where'd that come from? Uh, my dad raced and rode and, uh, he said I was in the garage with him every day helping him work on bikes. And then I had, I got my first dirt bike at my second birthday and, uh, we rode it with training wheels for a little bit. And then, um, that's just what we did. And when my brother started riding, we shoot through, through the mini, through until I turned pro. Basically, we rode every day okay. after school until dark, and uh, you know that's just kind of what we did. We rode every day, and uh, but I can see how I can see now, like it all comes full circle because 
I ride and, you know, ride almost every day and I'm working on bikes if I'm not riding or I'm going racing and my son, he's three and a half now. Uh, that's all he sees. So yeah. that's all he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, know? you know, he, yeah, I talked to him just briefly there at Muddy Creek and he's, yeah, he, he likes riding and he, he wants to race and they, and, and mom shook her head in the background. No, but <laughs> you know how that, you know how that goes. I mean, the chances are he's gonna, he's gonna probably follow in your footsteps at least, you know, to a degree that that's something he loves to do. It's, it's a good family sport and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, I told her, I mean, if he wants to play the flute, let, well, let's be the best flute player we can be. <laughs> right, but if he right. wants to ride motorcycles, let's ride motorcycles, you know. Absolutely. I'm not ever going to tell him no. I'm not going to say, no, you can't race. Right. Or you can't ride or sure. whatever. So. <laughs> he, he, uh, he rides almost every day. and uh, That's cool. And my daughter rides every once in a while. So. Neat. Oh, neat. I didn't know that. That's um, awesome. Yeah, great. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. Uh, John here. I'm uh, doing Loretta's this year in the 25-plus class, and I was just curious if you've ever thought about going back to Loretta's. I can't wait to, man. Um, they just won't let me right now because <laughs> I keep doing pro-national. So oh, yeah. i got Go to figure out where the end of the, that line is <laughs> when I'm ready to stop doing that, and then I'm definitely going back. Uh, I want to. So. Yeah, because I think John's asking because he has to worry about uh, dealing with Brownie this year. <laughs> so now he's like, yeah, yeah, great, now Sipes is going to jump in there too. So Yeah, trying to see what <laughs> the timeline here is. <laughs> yeah, well, what sucks is people were like hating on him last year for doing it. It's like, what, why is he not allowed to go back? Right. I mean, for me, that was like, that was the highlight of our year. That was our family vacation. We didn't take vacations. We went to Loretta. You know, and the, as a as a kid, it's like the best thing ever to uh, go down there and swim in the creek and, you know, ride. My 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 son just crashed. Oh, uh, is he okay? Uh, you can you can you can delete that that password out. <laughs> oh, actually, okay. didn't, I don't think we even heard it, and, and it doesn't matter. We don't yeah, care about okay. that. Yeah, I cuss, so no big deal. Well, well, well John here has called out on the show, basically said he's going to beat Brownie. So that that, 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 that that's what he's done. So he's he's kind of set a high bar for himself. <laughs> hey, we yeah, gotta start somewhere. Man. Yeah, good good luck. John's very very fast. That guy will I actually, die. I, that guy will die before he lets you be. Man, I, I I raced last year and uh, I went into it very very half cocked. I didn't have I didn't have nine laps in me, but I saw his pace. And then at the it what was impressive is how you know just like the pro guys, he was getting better every lap, whereas. <laughs> About lap five or six, the rest of us are kind of just holding on for dear life. Yeah, well, you know that dude still trains like a madman. I mean, yeah. he's always been, like, stupid in shape, and he, he's not going to take the race lightly, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I jokingly said that on the show, but it's <laughs> one of those things that I, I like, you know, I like just getting the chance to line up with guys like y'all. Y'all are legends, you know, so I think it's awesome that y'all are, coming back to Loretta's and, you know, racing all the rest of us vet riders. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I mean, uh, I don't know when I'll get to go back. It'd be cool to be able to do two classes, you know, do 25 plus. And I don't really know that I want to jump in with all those, you know, 16-year-old A riders. But uh, if I'm still fast enough, maybe I would. Do the the cross-country stuff and the other stuff, does that affect or is it just the pro nationals? Just for nationals, you can you can win GNCC titles and still go back. But cool. If you race pro, like if I race 
which I've already raced some this year. If I score points this year, um, then I have to wait, have to take next year completely off, and then I can go back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of a little bit of your pro career, you know, you started out, it looks like, in 2004 and did a couple nationals. And, uh, you know, you raced through, I believe, 2012 off and on. But 2011 is when you won your first Supercross. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so you got a couple wins that week, that year. One of them was a Vegas shootout. How fulfilling and how exciting was that to win a Supercross? Oh, that was, well, that was the goal from the very beginning, you know. And I was kind of wondering if it was ever going to happen. I came close a few times, and then that year, just it was just good. I mean, the bike I was on was awesome, and uh, the my mechanic, Scotty Atkins, like, we just, worked really well together and um i mean it just worked out i don't know that i put in any extra effort or, or whatever that year it just something was clicking and yeah. i was on so uh, scott scott's a good dude we had him on recently and yeah that, that's a that's a good mechanic to have on your side yeah man we were together five years i think and yeah he's awesome he's, yeah. he's one of my best friends and uh not before that i didn't even know him before it but we got along <laughs> immediately and uh he would, he'd come out there and help me. Like he was a pretty good rider in his yeah. day too. And he'd come out there and he, you know, kind of point things out. And it's like some guys don't want to listen to that stuff, but I'll listen to anything if it works, you know. So we'd work on a bunch of stuff, and he'd video me, and uh, yeah, it was it was a good good relationship. That's great. So then in 2014, you switched and went to uh, GNCC, if I'm not mistaken, and you did four seasons there before you got your first win. How how long did that four seasons of three hour races? How how did that feel before you finally got your first win? I mean, that had to seem like an eternity. Yeah, and racing Caleb Russell, he's like, <laughs> I don't know if this is ever going to happen. Right, but, right. Uh, I don't know. Something something was it was weird. Something clicked that week or that day. Really, the whole week before it, I told this story somewhere to Racer X or something. Whenever after I won, but. Uh, I was riding all week and felt terrible. It was like I forgot how to ride. I'm like, this is, I'm not having fun. I'm not riding good. I feel like crap. And I just packed it in. I was That was a Thursday or whatever. And I went to the race and I said, screw it. I'm going to go. I'm just going to, just, I'm going to win. <laughs> like, I'm, it's just going to happen. And it did. And I pulled, I mean, it helped that I pulled the whole shot and, had like a minute lead on the first lap, but I was going for it. I was like, nothing's going to stop me. It worked out. And then I went to the next race and tried that, and I just crashed my face off. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like all the stars aligned for that one. Right. Day, well, you know, do you did you have a preference once you got to that point? Did you find one, um, like, off-road more fulfilling than Nationals and Supercross? Or was, was there anything that – did you like one of them any different, any more than the other? Um. When when you're feeling good and the bike's working good, GNCC is fun, but it's harder, especially for me. Yeah. Uh, for a for a lifelong off road guy, moto is going to be twice as hard. It's just whatever you grew up in. But okay. I grew up in moto. We never never raced in the woods. We rode in the woods in the winter when there was snow on the ground. Right. That's the only time we ever did because that's the only place you could ride. And uh, so to come in and learn basically a whole new way of racing was was tough and it took me a long time to figure it out um so 
I like both. I mean, the community, the people in off-road are way better than in moto, to be honest. I mean, really? I had a lot, a ton of moto friends, but in the pros, like, when you go to the, to mo- the moto races, it's like cutthroat. Like, right. nobody's helping you, you know. Nobody's, like, offering any, you know, tips or whatever. And off-road, it's like the dudes will get the, give the shirt off their back to you. So hmm. that part's cool, and just uh, the, kind of the atmosphere's way more laid back and I've way more that, fun yeah. but the, the racing itself i still probably like moto better um only thing i don't like is the injuries in moto because you have to go so dang fast but um but so yeah i think the racing moto is better but the community the people off-road is way better i have heard that yeah that's that's i i think after talking to you at muddy creek and i've talked to gary sutherland a couple times I really want to get into some off-road racing. I've been talking to TJ here, my buddies, about, like, man, I think that'd be fun. We don't have a huge off-road scene here in Texas, but there is one. I think it'd just be fun to go do it and just have a, you know, relax a little bit, basically, you know. I don't know if relax is the right word, but, you know, it not be quite so intense as being on a motocross track. Yeah, well, that's the thing is you can't, for three hours, you can't be 110% like you have to be on a motocross track. Right. So. The injury, the injury risk is a little bit lower, and it's it is fun to do a lot of different things. So in the GNCC or on a motocross track, you basically have ruts, bumps, jumps. You know, you don't have a whole lot else, and you sure. have um, you have boundaries. That banner to that banner, and that's all you can go. And off road, it's twenty five feet on either side of the arrows, but nothing's marked, nothing's <laughs> driven. Um, you kind of just do. You know, you figure it out, and uh, and then all the different obstacles can be pretty fun too. With you know, in off road, you'll be you'll go up against thirty different things. You know, that's like, wait, I don't know how to do this. I've the only road, you know, race motocross my whole life. Yeah, yeah. How do I go through this rocky, nasty, rooty section that looks impossible, but people are going through it, and you got to figure it out. So that part's fun, and and it is a little bit more relaxed, even the racing part, because you you have to pace yourself. Yeah, it sounds very appealing. Yeah, we've got a series up here that a gentleman named Curtis runs. We've had him on the show, uh, I guess it was last year. It's called the Torn Series, and it's like a, a, it's like a more a little more open, not as tight through the woods, almost more motocrossy, like cross country race. Uh, I went to mm-hmm. do one. It, it wound up being a mud race, but it's so I didn't get the full. I guess you say it, the full effect of it. But I plan on going back because, like like he said, I guess I'm getting old and fat, and <laughs> just going riding in the woods seems a little more than trying to go out there and race. Because all of us were all kind of close to the same age, but for us to ride in the same classes at the motocross race, we have to ride open amateur. And there's a bunch of kids that want to kill you for a five dollar plaque in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. You won't have that as much in off road, right? All right, Ryan. I got a couple more things before we let you go. I, I have a listener question. Um, one of our sponsors, Dane Evans, who's the Amsoil guy. He uh, he wants to know. He's you know he said he's he's noticed you've done some media stuff recently, and he it, it seems like you want to stay in the moto industry when you stop riding and racing. Have you mapped out a direction that you will go once you decide to to call it quits with your pro career? Mm, no, okay, I've got a lot of ideas, right? But uh, but it's like you can't. I can't really set anything into motion now. All my energy and effort and time is devoted to my kids and racing. 
so it's not like I can start a business on the side and sure. kind of ease into it. So it's like I'm going to race as long as I can, as long as I'm competitive and having fun and, and all that, I'm going to keep racing, and then I'll figure it out. I mean, I know enough people, and I feel like I've made a lot of really strong relationships over the years with my sponsors, with, you know, I always just try to be the best representative of them that I can and um, help them out when they help me out. So, I mean, I've got people that have been with me for forever, you know, it seems like my whole career. Yeah. Um, so, who knows? I don't I don't know. I, I know I probably won't want to do a ton of traveling, at least, at least right off the bat when I'm done racing, because... That's all I do now. I'm gone all the time. If I'm not, you know, gone on the weekends, I'm riding during the week. and That's hard on the family and with kids and stuff. I want to spend a little bit of time here, but definitely want to stay in the industry uh, in some capacity. So Right. Yeah, I think, like you said, you definitely seem to have a really fantastic reputation. And definitely when, you're ready, when you make a decision, I think there'll be a lot of doors open for you. Yeah, we'll see. I hope so. Yeah, you'll um, be like Mike Brown I'm, and just uh, racing forever like Brownie. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, i got to go back to Loretta, so i got to find a job where I can still ride a little bit so I can go right, back there. Right, right. You know, so. Hey, so my last thing is you were the first American to win an overall at the ISDE. That, I don't even know what to say about that, that event, how – uh man just impressed i am you had a pretty killer team with gary sutherland mike brown taylor robert what was that what was that moment like like when you finally won that thing what how was that the, like the greatest racing uh accomplishment of your career dude i just get goosebumps thinking about it <laughs> no lie uh yeah honestly it was it was like winning a, a supercross championship because it's it's not like a GNCC where it's one day and yeah. you were, you know, that day you were the best guy and maybe some guys, you know, had trouble or whatever. It's like six days and all kinds of different terrain. And you have to like, you have to be awesome every day to win it. And, uh, I, I don't know. It's like one of my proudest moments for sure. Cause I, I faced quite a bit of uh, adversity all week with, uh, you know, I didn't lead the first, day and then i was reading the second day and then it was like um milner was right on me and he would beat me in half the test i beat him in half the test and, and then day four was like this is go time and i, I killed him I, I won i made up like 33 seconds that day i won wow. four of the six tests or something and pulled out a big lead but then this was like almost harder than that definitely was harder than that is day five you don't want to blow it so the 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 pace there is like a supercross. You're so close to the edge and so close to killing yourself the entire time to go fast <laughs> enough. Right. That at a certain point you're like, man, I don't know if I keep. You know, you're so close to crashing all the time. It's like now I have to. I have this lead. Now I have to keep the lead. So <laughs> I don't want to blow it. I don't want to crash. But you can't just cruise around because 33 seconds, or I think I had 43 at the time is like nothing, Yeah, you know, there. I mean, that can be made up in two tests. And uh, so day five was like, it was, I was, was nerve-wracking, man. I was like, you know, go fast, but don't blow it. And then uh, I knew once I got into day six that it was pretty much smooth sailing because that's the motocross. But at the same time, then I was kind of like stressing out because of the start. I'm like, 
I know what happens when a motocross starts. What can happen, <laughs> right? Especially when you put when you put forty off road dudes in the first turn, motocross first turn, because they don't know how to do it first turn. And uh, so it was like I, I went out and scouted it out. I watched every start all day because we're like one of the last races, and I watched every start and uh, had my plan. I was on a three fifty against a lot of four fifties, so I knew they were going to you know get the jump on me. I'm like, all right, I'm going inside. I'm going to let off because these dudes are going to blow the first turn. And I'm going to cut inside. And I did, and it worked. And I, I kind of went over the hill after the first turn, and there was this dude on the outside of me, like, trying to steal the host up. I mean, I'm like, no, you ain't doing that. <laughs> and I, was, I don't know if I was looking at him or what, not paying attention. I hit a break him up. I didn't see him. My hand blew off. I went into the second corner, hand off the bars. That was like, wow. heart, you know, heart rate through the roof. Yeah. But I beat him to the turn, so it worked out. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, I won it. So, I mean, it was it was awesome. That that weight of, you know, the last three days trying to hold that lead and everything kind of went off. And it, it was like winning a championship because you had to be the best dude for six days. So. Well, congratulations. I know it was, you know, it's been a few years now, but that's the first chance I've had. Well, I didn't, I didn't get bring it up at Muddy Creek, but... Congratulations, because that is by far one of the most amazing things I've ever heard. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm I'm glad glad I was able to do that. Well, before you get off of here, I just have a question. Do you have like because you have like for most anybody who's in the dirt bikes, you kind of have the dream job, right? We all we all want to do what Ryan Sipes does. Do you have like a YouTube channel or somewhere we can follow and live vicariously through you or some something like that? <laughs> Uh, besides my social media, I mean, I try to keep up with that pretty good. Um, but this year we're bringing back the chapter two video series. Yeah. Um, if, I don't know if you've seen them before, we did them in 2014 and 15. I didn't. And, uh, it's, it's, you can go on YouTube and find all the ones from those years. Awesome. I think it's cool. It's, it's, it's all, so it's not very much racing. We'll talk about the racing a little bit. Right. The main part of it is what goes into being able to do it because both of those years I did my own, I, I mean, you know, I'm not on the team, so right. I'm in charge of everything. I put all the sponsors together, deal with all that, build the bikes, everything. So it's all that stuff, the training that goes into it, the, you know, the ups and downs that you have with, with racing and stuff. So we're bringing that back this year. It's just going to be two episodes this year, but we're going to, the first episode will be out in July or into, into this month, I guess. Well, we and need then the second episode will be end of the year. Well, so. we need like a, a a weekly YouTube vlog or whatever because I'm I'm like a YouTube nut. I watch a bunch of stuff on there. A lot of it's car stuff. He just told you how busy he is. But how... no, I'm saying he needs to get like a young videographer who wants to make a name <laughs> okay. for himself and and start posting that up. Because dude, I'm telling you, I could like all the stuff you're getting to do. I'm just yeah. like uber jealous. I wish I could actually ride a dirt bike fast and I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, somebody mentioned that doing that vlog thing. That's like the new thing to do. But yeah, like you said, I don't, I don't know if I have the time or the skills to do it. I don't yeah. know if I'd be interested. You almost have to have an entourage to do that, man. That's for, that's a young man's game. Yeah, that's, well, that's for Adam Cintrell. Or, or you need, yeah, you know, like, you need time. Yeah, exactly. You know, or you got Christian Craig has Paige following him around everywhere doing it, but. You know, I mean, I, I, we'll see how much time Paige has now that that new baby was just born. She's got two now, just you know, like you do, and that's that's busy, man. That's a full time game. So, two, I got three, son. Oh, good lord! I thought you said I thought you only had two. Yeah. Wow. No, okay. We got a five month old too. So. Oh wow, man! It's a yeah, well, You're it, lucky it, to it even get to go ride. 
<laughs> yeah. We know what you no do doubt. when you do get home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, Ron, thanks so yeah. much, man, for spending a few, a little bit of time with us tonight, and it was really an honor to get to meet you at Muddy Creek, and look forward to uh, hopefully seeing you at a national again sometime this year. Are you, you going to make a couple more? Yeah, I'm doing this weekend at Redbud. And then Bud's Creek and Iron Man. Okay. I'm doing those on on uh, two fifty. So we're basically filling in for Zach Osborne. Oh, that's so. right. That's right. I did. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be at Millville, and I want to go to Iron Man. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but if I make it, I will come find you and say hi. Sounds good, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Ryan. Thanks again, and you have a good night and enjoy those kids. Hi. All, right. All right. See Thank you, bud. That's awesome. Yeah. Bye. I, cool I, dude. I've heard a couple interviews with him here lately. I, I think we killed it. I think we did better than ever. You think so? I, dude, he was just, because it wasn't about all the racing going on. Just yeah, hearing yeah. his story was awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's really cool dude. Very. It was pretty funny. I, I don't know if you listened to the interview I did with him at the track. And I did. Kids running around. You yeah. Know, Jack was playing. Like, yeah, man. He's hey, he's a family man. He's doing what he loves and, and t- taking his family with him. Pretty amazing. Uh, let's take our first commercial break, and yep. we'll be back with Akua, Akua Hughes. Sounds good. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way Kathy, he uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936 828 one four seven two or email char char at mxgirl.com and that's mxgirl g-u-r-l and tell her moto xpod sent you mad jack synthetics is an independent dealer of amsoil synthetic oils amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972 since then amsoil has led the way in application specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars trucks motorcycles boats and more We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Anzoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amazon Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Monster Energy Supercross, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Night's Car Show, 
and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using AMSOIL. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Ciancerello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. We're back from our first commercial break. Our next guest is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. If you don't like replacing fork seals, then you need to get some Shock Socks. Go see your local motorcycle shop or check them out at burnmotorsports.com. And our next guest is Ikua Hughes. He is a former pro rider, and he is the mechanic to rider D. Francisco. What's up, Ikua? How's it going? Good, man. We uh, we just got off the phone with Ryan Sipes, and we're real excited to talk to you and hear a little bit about your story. Right on. Well, i got to correct you first. Uh, I wasn't technically a pro rider, but I just went road A. Okay. A was about as far as I went. I never actually went went pro okay okay well i thought you uh i I had watched some i did a little research on you last night and i saw some videos you had done and with um fast house i think and i thought you were going to try to make some nationals was that the goal at the time that was kind of my plan and uh actually was had a good chance of getting into monster cup i think it's 2015 okay and uh ended up breaking my leg and all sorts of different stuff, and just when it came down to it, I decided to uh, uh, take a different path, I guess you could say. Right. Well, let's back up a little bit. Where, how did you get, how did you first find out what motocross was? Where, where were you, how old were you, and how quickly did you fall in love with the sport? Uh, right away, I started riding when I was two years old. My dad always rode, and so I grew up in it you know going out in the desert thanksgiving every year all that but yeah started riding when i was two on a good old pw50 that's awesome man that's yeah i think a lot of us started the same way so that's really cool um and then you you, i imagine you started racing at what age uh my first race was when i was three three years old okay and yep. did right away, did you know that this is something I want to do for the rest of my life? Or, or was it just, you know, I'm a kid and this is just something I do for fun and didn't really think about the future? Uh, always for fun, no doubt. But we always went racing, had, you know, riding all the time. Um, 
But I think right away I was pretty much hooked. My mom would always tell me, when you were little, you used to eat, breathe, and everything. You're dirt bike. That's yeah. all you ever wanted to do. Yeah, so. and, and if I'm not mistaken, you were telling a story on that Fast House video that you were leading a race one time, and then you just kind of stopped and took your goggles off to shake the dirt out because you really didn't care about winning. You just cared about having fun riding. Yeah, I don't really remember myself, but I remember my mom telling me she did, I, we were at a local race, and I think I was on my PW, and I <laughs> was in the lead, rolled up on top of this tabletop, and took my goggles off and shook the dirt out, kind of looked around, and just kept on going. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, was there any? So, at one point, you said that you were working to try to make some nationals. I mean, at what age did you decide, hey, I want to? kind of make a run at being a or being a pro rider and that kind of stuff uh not until i was a little bit older i was about i think i just turned 20 or 21 and uh i was had been racing like i said so i got an opportunity to move down south with uh connor molex i don't know if you guys ever heard yeah of him, I, I know connor real well the montana mullet mullet man uh, no, San Diego area. Oh, okay. California kid. The different, but, different uh, Molinex, that's funny. Different Molinex, but yeah, pretty top amateur kid, uh, rode for Orange Brigade up until this year and all that, but, uh, him and his family were looking for a little bit of help, uh, with getting him to the track and all that, and I kind of decided that I might as well give it a go, because I had never trained or anything like that before, never really had done any big nationals, except for Mammoth and... I did world minis back in the day, a handful of times, but <clears throat> me and my dad sat down and talked about it, and he's like, go for it. You might as well, you got a shot to go down there, and I had a chance to go train with Buddy Antonez. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so uh, that was a, a game changer for me. I never experienced anything like that. I never really worked out before. Well, never really worked out to train for dirt bikes in my life i'd never gone to the track with a trainer <laughs> nothing like <laughs> so it was actually really cool and i enjoyed that and yeah it was good yeah bud bud band's awesome man we we love the bud man on this show yeah so you you raced and you said you had a chance to uh, you got hurt before Monster Cup. Um, so at, at that point, did you decide, hey, maybe I should go I'd become a mechanic? I'm assuming you already had mechanical skills. You already knew what you were doing. Yeah, I've been working on pit bikes, lawnmowers, weed eaters ever <laughs> since I could turn a wrench. So. Yeah. So how uh, did, how did you get hooked up? I mean, was was Ryder your first job as a, a full time mechanic, or did you wrench for somebody else? Uh, so when I lived with Connor, um, I, uh, I kind of wrenched on his stuff a little bit. And, uh, so I, and then when I got hurt, my mechanic, um, ended up going back home and he was helping Connor out as well. So I kind of took over for that while I was down there in the meantime. And, uh, so I had a little bit of experience going around and doing the mechanic deal and all that. And, yeah. And, uh, like I t- like I told a couple of people, I wasn't quite ready to go back to work for my dad yet. So uh, <laughs> the, opportunity, the opportunity came up, and um, I actually had a couple different job opportunities. I could have went to work for, or I had an offer from uh, Carson Mumford. Mm-hmm. And then I could have stayed there with uh, Connor Molinex, and then I had uh, 
Rider D. Yeah. Uh, to stop training down south and all that. It wasn't because I got hurt, really. I've been getting hurt my whole life racing and riding. <laughs> but uh, I was pretty homesick at the time, even though the Molinex family took very good care of me, and I enjoy them a lot. But uh, I was ready to go home, so that was uh, part of my deal. And I grew up watching Ryder grow up and ride and okay. that too, at our, at our local tracks. Yeah, that's cool. You guys definitely, I in the little bit of time I've seen you guys out at Freestone and some of the videos, you guys definitely have a really cool bond. And uh, I don't know if you listened to the interview we did with him, well, I think it was last week, but he definitely he said, man, he hopes he could keep you for his whole career. And, that man, how awesome would that be? Yeah, uh, I, I definitely listened to that, and uh, it, I would be stoked. That's kind of my goal. Um, I don't – this job's pretty uh, – how do I say it? Um, it's challenging for sure. Sure, yeah. right. Demanding and uh, demanding. And if I'm going to do it with anybody, it's going to be I'm going to put my foot forward with him, and that's kind of my goal. Like I that's said, that's awesome. So. It's funny because you say you're mechanically inclined. I'm the same way. I grew up even when I was a kid, just tearing everything I could apart. Um, and and one of my sons, my youngest, who races dirt bikes, he's pretty mechanically inclined. He does all his own maintenance on his bikes. But I told him he's not allowed to be a mechanic because I know exactly how demanding that job can be, you know. And I told him I was like, he's trying to be a, he wants to be a pro dirt bike rider, and he's trying to go down that avenue. But I said, if that doesn't work out, you can't be a mechanic. You got to go find a job where you can pay somebody to rinse on your stuff. Right. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, so I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, this was something that you kind of talked about on that Fast House video about, you know, the demands and the stresses, I think, of becoming a pro rider. And that really wasn't – that wasn't something – it seemed like from your – what you were saying, that you really weren't comfortable with that. How, how do you feel about that, that same situation, the, the stresses and the demands that – uh, you know, Team Green maybe expects out of Ryder and how he handles it and how you also have to handle that pressure as keeping his bikes together. Like, what, how does that work for you guys? Is that is there not a lot of pressure or is there a lot but you just handle it well? You know, what's that like at the amateur uh, level? Uh, there's definitely pressure, especially on Ryder's side with uh, all his sponsors and whatnot. But he's 13 you know yeah so there's definitely pressure and we try and handle it the best we can at the same time i i just got i tell him you know it's like dude i mean just go out and have fun that's all you got to do yeah well i think if you're not having fun then you're not going to go fast and you know what i mean yeah you know i've said that i said this on our show and i maybe even mentioned it on pulp one night you know after talking to Ryder. And I talked to Carson Mumford, and we, we talked to um, Hunter Yoder. Those kids, at that age right now, anyway, there's a lot of you know a lot of hype around all three of those kids, but they seem to have incredibly great attitudes, and they're just having fun. And I really, really hope that they are able to keep that attitude and and continue that through their pro career, and be buddies, and just know that hell, man, you're lucky to get to do what you do, and it is fun. I mean, it's a fun job if you cannot let the pressure overtake the fun. Absolutely. And I don't know the Yoder family too well, but I know the Mumfords and obviously Ryder's family very well. And they yeah. come from very good people. 
mom and dad and just everyone surrounding them. So that that's definitely a big factor of it. Yeah, they they were really cool. I was very honored to get to meet them at Freestone and you guys. And um, I think I made it pretty clear that that Ryder's my he's my amateur guy. So I'm I'm all aboard the Ryder train. So Hardy Nation, bro. Yeah. Hardy Nation. Yeah, let's. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, what shirt do you have on right now? Oh yeah, I have my Ryder D shirt. Yeah, he's even sporting the shirt yeah, in yeah. the studio. Yeah, I am. Oh yeah. His jersey's hanging in my in with all the other pro jerseys, man. It's 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 different. I when I opened that package that you sent me, my uh, my son who's 20 years old was standing there, and he's like, "What is that? Why is it so small?" He said, "That's <laughs> that's cute." And I said, "Well, because he's you know he's 13 years old. He's that's really weird, Dad." It's it is weird. <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of because because you're a, like a giant dude and like one of your favorite riders is like a like. But we 13. both we both have badass hair though. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's pretty True. cool. Hey, so <laughs> so I got a funny story uh, about riders. So we were at the first year of the um, the Junior Moto X, yes. and they had a little pond down there and they're fishing and Doc, that's my son, he's down there fishing and all the other kids are down there. Doc, I mean, the kid loves fishing and he's down there and he has a bucket of worms and he's and all these kids are like getting Doc. They don't want to touch the worms because they don't want to and, and he said Ryder just walked down there and just stuck his hand in there and ripped the worm in half and put it on there <laughs> and, and my son thought it was the coolest thing ever because he's like, the kid just was like not some prissy dirt but he was like just a normal kid, kid which, man, which was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't scared, and he definitely likes fishing, too. There's always a fishing pole in the van wherever we go. What's the deal with that? It's like a new thing the last few years of these kids. I guess there's so much stress with the racing or something. I don't know, but everybody's all about fishing. Apparently, it's relaxing. Apparently, it's yeah. dumb. <laughs> yeah, I don't fish and either. Plus, you can't do much after you get kicked off your pit bikes and golf carts at the races, so they kind of got to go fishing. There you go. True, true. <laughs> So hey, did you did you listen to Ryder last night on Pulp? Yeah, that? yeah, I was actually I stayed over at his house last night. And, okay. Um, so I, I listened in live. I got the Pulp app and all that. So. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, I, I was glad that we got that to happen, man, because I couldn't. Yeah, I, as big of fans as you guys are, I was really surprised you hadn't called in yet. So, and uh, I guess you saw the text that Mark sent me afterwards. Yeah, yeah, he showed me. Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm really happy. Uh, so, cool. we, we need Mathis to uh, be on board with amateur racing. So that's that's really cool. And hey, man, again, I'm I'm really honored, as I've said before, to meet you guys. I think you really great team, uh, great personalities, great family, and I appreciate you coming on tonight, Ikua. Absolutely, and we and I'll speak for the de francisco family as of now but we all, we appreciate all the support and uh giving Ryder all the love absolutely man we'll keep this thing going as he goes through the pro ranks and uh you know one day when he's ho holding up that uh 250 west supercross championship you just got you know m maybe throw out a, a shout out to the moto x-pod show no doubt all right akua hey man be safe on your travels home and we will talk to you again soon buddy Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. You guys enjoy the rest of your show. All right, man. Thank you, bud. Later, man. All right. Bye. Cool. Yeah. Dude, just driving down the road, being a mechanic, I mean, yeah, it's a hard job. I've worked for teams, uh, uh, like not nothing big like what he's doing yeah, or yeah. whatever, but just, wow. Well, you know, I mean, that, there's there's a lot of hype behind kids like him and Carson, and man, you know, I'm sure that there's this very similar pressures on Ikua as there are on Brian Krantz. Not quite the same level, but, you know, when you compare 
You yeah. know what I'm trying to say. I mean, really and truly, in, in a he's way. He's expected to win. Yeah, he's expected to win. He's got yeah. probably as much pressure as Dungey had on him. Yeah, or not whatever. as much money, maybe, yeah. but the expectations from Team Green are, I'm sure, huge. And then the, the, I mean, he's got the pressure. His mechanic makes a living because of him. His family yeah, yeah. makes money because of him. I mean, it's there's a lot on that little kid. So definitely, and, and his it, personality and his way he's dealing with it is awesome. So hopefully, he can keep that up. Yeah, and you could tell the little bit that I've talked to Ikua that man, he, you know, they're like brothers. Yeah, a big brother to him, and uh, you know, he loves that kid, and I think that's really that's good. That's going to be keep. Ryder level-headed. We should have got a story from him about the first time that he wanted to just smash Ryder uh, in the face. Well, let's get him back on. We'll get Ikua back on again. That, see, you should have asked that. I yeah. didn't think about yeah, that just right. now, but you said the brother thing. Yeah, that's that's actually not like, hey, we should have asked. How often have you wanted to strangle him with his own hair? Yeah, that's awesome. So we'll we'll get Ikua. Maybe we'll get Ikua and Ryder on at the same time or something. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll... Well, next time, hey, for when they're at Freestone, maybe we can work out something where... We can have them in studio or something along those lines yeah. uh, next year yeah. at Freestone National. Yeah, because they're definitely into the Pulp Show, and I think they listen to our show a little bit. So, yeah, they, they know about podcasts, and I'm sure they would love to do that. That'd be awesome. So, cool. Let's go to another break. And- uh, another break. All right. All right, we are back with our next guest of the night, and she is brought to you by MX Girl Designs. If you guys are looking for new graphics for your vintage or modern modern bikes, Char can take care of it. Uh, contact Char at mxgirl.com or follow her on Instagram and tell her that the Moto X Pod show sent you. So our next guest is the Honda PR manager, Mandy Fontaine. Mandy, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing real good. I'm a little disheveled because, like I said, I told you off air, my, my real job just called and... Anyway, but I'll, I'll handle that soon. So uh, I want to start right off the bat with how did you get into PR? Um, I actually grew up racing. Or I grew up riding since I was five um, out in the desert, off road, you know, trail riding. And then I started racing when I was like 14 um, doing works races, which is kind of like obviously the GNCC equivalent on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, big six, a bunch of different series out here. And I knew that it was, wasn't something that women or, you know, it wasn't going to be my living, but it was a very big passion of mine. So I wanted to get in the industry somehow. And, um, I went to school for sports marketing with, um, an emphasis on like entertainment and uh, like athletics. And then, um, I got lucky, honestly, (laughs) like, Right out of school, I was getting ready to graduate, and um, a friend named Jean Turner, who w- does freelance work for Cycle News, mm-hmm. her and I raced together, and she found out that the position was becoming available with Honda, and um, I applied, and I thought, you know what, it's going to be, if anything, a good learning experience, um, but they're not going to hire me for factory Honda right out of college. Right. And this is my seventh season with the team so i I guess i'm doing something right yeah so a little bit of trial by fire then right out of college threw you into the hot seat huh 
Oh, yeah. My first full day was Anaheim One press conference in nice. 2012. Wow. Like, when you say first full day, you mean like the very first day that you kind of actually had to show up to work? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I think I went <laughs> I think I went to the office um, maybe two or three days, if that, um, before it was like, okay, press conference, here we go. Okay, so um, to start off that way, to start off like trial by fire like that, you had to have some some kind of crazy stories where things just went a completely awry and either you saved them or it went you got to tell us something that had to have happened nuts like that you can't have had a perfect you know entry into the job oh no i mean i i couldn't i can't think of like a specific story right off the bat but basically like i didn't have the nerve to really like stand my ground with some of the riders right. or like and and it wasn't like even that they were I mean, it was Justin Brayton and Trey Kennard, like two of the nicest guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even that I was like, I felt starstruck, but it was just like, man, like these guys are professionals and I'm telling them where they need to be and what they need to be doing. Like it was, it was very odd. And so there was, there was definitely a learning curve. Like it was think or swim. And I would say I doggy paddled. Through <laughs> <them>. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's pretty cool. You know, I, I we had Vanessa on a couple of weeks ago and it's, it's, pretty similar like she didn't have well she didn't have a whole lot of background with motocross i don't think at the time she just had gone to a few races so it it, it's probably a very strange world to be thrown into yeah i mean vanessa's awesome i just have to give her a shout out so um but yeah she was opposite like she had the pr experience on the back end of it with a different industry and then she just didn't have the experience with the motocross side of things so it was kind of opposite, and ultimately, I guess that's why they said they hired me was that I was I knew kind of I knew the riders and I was experienced with that, but and the rest of it I could learn as as we went. Right, right. <laughs> <At least. laughs> well, let's let's back up a little bit with your with your riding. Uh, you know, Dane Evans is one of our show sponsors, and he told me that he had sponsored you a little bit, and that's when I first real found out that you were a former rider. How did you get into the desert racing and and you know, uh, at what point did, like how many races did you win? What, what classes were you riding? What was that like for you? Um, it was awesome. I mean, as they say, even at the professional level, like it's such a fa- like riding is such a family sport and yes. such a family activity. Like some of my greatest memories growing up and, you know, from my childhood are going to the races with my mom and dad and, you know, driving in our trailer all across the, you know, the West coast to get to a race. Cause I never, obviously was homeschooled. I didn't do that. Like I was still expected to maintain a 3.5, like, <laughs> you know, like had a full-time job, yeah. like, you know, or not a full-time job, a part-time job through high school. But, um, I don't know. Like I just, I grew up race or like I said, riding out in the desert. And then at about like 14, I kind of told my dad, like, I want to race. Like I want to try to do a desert race. And so I did my first desert race and I was leading by like a lot, a pretty big margin for like the, in the women's class. Nice. And then I, I hit a yucca and I broke my collarbone. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a lot. That's like a really, really high to a really, really low in your first ever race. Hit a what? Yeah. Yeah. A yucca tree. So, oh, a tree. Yeah. A well, yeah. Like a desert I don't know how to like explain because it's not a cactus. Yeah, but it was I got like, you. No, I'm sorry. I just was, 
Y'all are like yeah. going on. I'm like, well, wait a minute. We we are in Texas, but I am originally from California. So when I first started riding, it was out in Barstow. So I kind of know what a yucca say is. That like okay. Show. Yeah. Do I? Yeah. Every yeah. Show. So then from there, I just after that, I got pretty serious into it for the, both uh, Big Six Grand Prix and the works. And I always did a little better with the Big Sixes. I don't know why, because it's pretty much the same thing. I guess I won the intermediate class. Um, one year for works nice. and then won the expert class in big six, I think once or twice. That's awesome. Um, overall. And yeah, did you I'm sp- all right. <laughs> so did you spend any time on a motocross track? Um, I did mammoth a couple times. I just don't like jumps. Okay. All right. <laughs> I would prefer not to leave the ground. I would much <laughs> rather take, you know, a single track through the trees or on the side of a cliff before I would. Right hit a double or something so on you know on the day photo shoot day for factory honda you you don't go out and you know maybe take some laughs with kenny huh oh no definitely not (laughs) they've got they've got that handled i'll walk the track sometimes right and i'm just mind blown at what those guys are capable of doing no doubt no doubt those yeah we we do a little amateur racing vet classes you know myself and tj but yeah those guys are just unreal yeah did you have something, TJ? Oh, no, no. Oh. So once you got the job with Honda, like, what was the, uh, you know, what was the coolest part of your job, and maybe what was something that surprised you that you were not prepared for? Um, I don't know. I think one of the coolest, I would say, the the only people that I ever really got super starstruck around were Jeremy McGrath and Kevin Windham, like. I can see those. That. I mean, growing up, obviously, those were like the guys that I just like. I those were like my favorite riders ever. So I think my first year, I had to help set up an interview with Jeremy um, for one of the magazines, and so I had to call him and like find out what. To, and I'm like sitting there and I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm calling Jeremy McGrath right now. Right. <laughs> We can understand that kind of feeling because we're that way with almost everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're super fans. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> like we're like we have the PR person from the Honda on the night. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I think I told you that we're only about a year and a half old, and he, you know, Houston yeah. Supercross was when I first met you this year was our first Supercross. When I media. scared you, you scared me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that scared is the proper word. Cause that sounds bad. You, no, you, he's, you, you, you admitted that she scared yeah, you. Yeah, but I don't think scared is the proper word. I think it's more, <laughs> I was intimidated yeah. by you because you were very serious. You were doing your job and, and I was just nervous anyway, because I hadn't really ever walked into a pit and just walked up to a semi before, you know, other than the nationals, the year before at Lakewood, but yeah, I was nervous and you definitely made me more nervous. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's fine because I, I told Vanessa that when I met her and she's like, Oh no, man, he's so sweet. She's like, like she said that she's normally the one that would be considered more, you know, like not fun or something. I don't know how she worded it. And that yeah. you would be like the, you know, which is why that picture that you guys have on social media is so funny where you look like you're mad and all the other ladies are smiling. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I missed, 
I missed the cue on that photo. For sure. <laughs> well, it, it, it was, it's still, uh, we're very new to this. So yeah, when I first started getting phone numbers, whether it be Blake Baggett or when Cole Seeley gave me his number, I was like, holy shit, they're actually giving me their phone numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How crazy is this? You're, you're lucky you went directly through them for that. Because if you had asked me for their cell phone, I would have been like, yeah, not happening. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> when I started realizing that at Houston, when you were like, no, you can't just walk up and talk to them. I'm like, but why? Because up until then, that's pretty much what I had done. I, I think at Lakewood, my first pro race as media was I just walked up and I talked to Blake and I said, hey, man, this is what I'm doing. And can I get your number? And he said, yeah. And then, oh, this is how it works. And all yeah. the other guys were the same way. They And I don't even remember how I got Cole's number. I think I got his number through somebody else. And what I usually do is just say, hey, ask Cole or whoever if they were willing to talk to us and then if you can give me their number. But yeah. Yeah, you were you were definitely you you run a tight ship. I can tell that. Yeah, I think it kind of just depends on the the team and the specific rider and kind of sure. how they work. And then you know, obviously, even each PR person, how they are. You know, I try to keep it very tight on race day to where if it's not prearranged, it pretty much doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, just so that there isn't things adding up. So that yeah, it was kind of like, hey, if the rider's cool before or after track walk to spend a couple minutes and that's fine but normally for the way that i do it it's kind of a no-go yeah yeah um, well at st louis i don't th know if you ever saw me because i was avoiding you but i was trying to get <laughs> i was trying to get christian and i went through page for that one so <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's way nicer than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah Paige came on like that was just through she actually answered a, a direct message on instagram when i was doing a wife show so she she came on and then i just that's how I get. I got Christian. It was through her. So cool. I have my ways, but yeah, you you definitely are. You were you were intimidating for sure. But I'm not scared of you anymore because you were super super friendly up at Muddy Creek at the at the uh, signing. That was awesome. Well, I'm glad that we got past that point. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is a question that we asked Vanessa. Is there like give us a couple crazy requests you've had from fans? You know, I know everybody asked for jerseys and uh, you gave me a set of goggles this last weekend, but what's like the craziest thing somebody's asked for? Um, somebody wanted, I mean, I don't know if this would be the craziest again, being put on the spot. I'd have to, I should have been thinking about all of this stuff <laughs> earlier today, but somebody asked when we were sponsored by muscle milk and Justin Barsha was on the team, they wanted the muscle milk bottle that he had drank out of. They yep. just wanted the bottle he drank out. They didn't want to, That's weird. I don't know. I don't know if they were going to finish drinking it. I don't know if they just wanted it because <laughs> right. he drank out of it. I don't well, know what the... It's funny. I've heard stories like that, not through Moto, but like I, I listen to Howard Stern a lot, and he's talked about guests that come in there and drink out of cups, and they leave them, and then fans will like yeah. bid on the cups, and you know they want the liquid still in there or whatever. That's, that's a little uh, gross beyond my... Yeah. Um, fans... <laughs> I love them. Sometimes they're a little aggressive. Yes. Like I'm pretty sure if they could strip the rider down to their underwear, they would. And if they could peel the stickers off of our trucks, they would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that, you know, and I think it's cool when the kids are asking for stuff like, you know, yeah. plastic, you know, they're kids, but, but yeah, um, Vanessa was telling us, and I don't remember which rider it was TJ, but somebody wanted one of their underwear or something that got thrown yeah. away. It was Tomac. Okay. Was it? T yeah. yeah. It was Eli. Okay. Yeah, um, Trey used to give away a lot of his stuff, like pretty much because right. they, you know, Fly wouldn't take it back or, you know, anything like that. So he would give out a lot of stuff. And 
I don't know if they were out or if he was still wearing them, <laughs> but somebody asked about his underwear. And then I think at one point he even gave, he had extra shoes in his backpack and he gave away a pair of uh, um, DCs. That's oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I think I told you in Muddy, at Muddy Creek, somebody also brought um, a like little pig to a Oh, yeah, yeah. Time. A live to pig. To a dealer signing one time. Yeah. yeah. Like What? And had... Yes, a pig, like a little pink... A piglet. Wow. A piglet. <laughs> and had somebody sign the pig? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a little off. That was at yeah. Muddy Creek? Did she told No, him no, I was Creek? telling oh. him that at Muddy Creek. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I could see I that. That is Tennessee, so... <laughs> I mean, I'm just... <laughs> I don't so, know what they were going to do with that, because I would think that it would wear off the pig. And right, yes. obviously you're not going to go get the pig tattooed because i have seen that before people will have like some guys they'll want the rider to sign their arm or something and they'll they say that they're gonna go get it tattooed over yeah i've actually done that with a. I I love to read one of my favorite authors i have a tattoo on my leg that's based off one of his books and i met him at colorado and i had him sign a piece of paper and then i went and had it transferred and had that tattooed on my leg but yeah, so he's one of those weirdos. Yeah, I, I, I know I, you're talking <laughs> to him, and you think that uh, oh, a, he's, it's I'm all a cool, dork, dude. I mean, but he's the big. Yeah, it's just true. I'm a you big dork. Big dork. That's that's. So I, I got a question. You said okay. you grew up racing and all that kind of stuff, and I know I'm sure this Honda PR job takes up 99 percent of your time. But do you ever get to go throw a leg on a bike and hit the trails or go race or any of those things? And if you don't, you know, I mean, do you do you miss it or whatever? Um, I definitely don't ride as much as I would like to. I miss out on a lot of, um, you know, fun trips that my friends get to take up into the mountains. And But I try to, a lot of the team, we try to take the day before travel off. Mm -hmm. um, so during Supercross, when it's a little bit cooler, obviously, out in California, I was trying to ride on Thursdays. So I actually got to do quite a bit of riding more than oh, normal. Wow. During awesome. season this last year, because I wanted to kind of make a point to like get out and enjoy it, and I've um, I broke actually my femur a couple years ago, and so since then I've been kind of hit or miss on days. Like it's right. either a, a, a bad day or it's like a really good day, and so I had a this year I had a lot of really good fun days, like you know some hard trails that I wasn't scared of. That's awesome. <laughs> so I enjoy it, and then. Uh, we normally do uh, this Takati Enduro um, scramble in Mexico. Yeah. At the beginning of December. So we try to do that. Oh, cool. So you still do get to ride. Does it? Does being a, being a rider and an ex-racer, does that like give you any le le leverage with the guys that you're dealing with? Not really. They, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No. Not at all, actually. They do, they do think it's pretty cool. Like, um... Was it Kenny? I don't know. One of them found out that I wrote. Oh, no, Justin Brayton, actually. He kind of said something. He was, I don't know who he was talking to even, but he, they're like, oh, yeah, Mandy's like pretty good. And he was like, dang, I didn't know you even wrote. Like, <laughs> right. Well, what am I going to talk to you guys about it? Like, I don't know. You should tell, yeah, you say, hey, Kenny, I know you could scrub that triple, but I can go up, up that hill with the, with, you know, that yeah. desert hill way faster than yeah. you. So, you know, I'll go across that, uh, that riverbed faster than you ever will. I don't know. I've seen him post some stuff when he's out yeah. in Utah, and he freaking tears it up no matter where he's at. So. Yeah, those guys are just beyond talented. So 
I've got, uh, well, I had two listener questions, but TJ just asked one of them. That was from Dane about whether you got to ride anymore, Dane Evans. But um, so we had a uh, question from a Vanessa O'Brien. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) She said, ask her why she's part-timing and didn't come to the hottest race last weekend. (laughs) Oh, she would. (laughs) That's funny. No answer? Um, no, I okay. I basically this is my seventh season, and I this out of seven, this is the sixth year that I've gone to every single race. So I requested that out of the twelve outdoors, if there was possibly a an option to miss two, that that would be greatly appreciated right. for my for my summer summer plans. And there was no specific reason. I we we actually just took the boat out. Um, my husband and I bought a boat the end of last summer, so um, it was one of those rounds that normally there's not a lot going on at um, uh, what you, Southwick. Southwick, yeah. For, uh, yeah, we didn't have press there. We didn't have you know a dealer signing on Friday, so we I picked that one as well as Unadilla. So I'm not going to Unadilla either. Um, but actually, it ended up being a little overwhelming that I wasn't there on Saturday because we had a last minute make a wish request for Ken. Oh, yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah, so I basically pre-coordinated that um, all in advance, and then my actually the the owner of my agency he went he filled in for me, and so he basically just facilitated the visit um, on site. Awesome. Okay, well, I've got one more question from Vanessa, and this is where I told you earlier, you, you mentioned uh, going to the beach, and you just mentioned your boat. She says, uh, where's my invite on, her, on your boat? So She doesn't have the same weekends off. They're not letting her part-time it. <laughs> she doesn't get to part-time. Yeah, I hear you. No, well, I actually am going to. We're heading down. She's in. She, they live in Newport, I believe. We're okay. heading down that way tonight, and so I was actually going to text her and see what she was up to for the 4th. Oh, sweet. So we'll see. Maybe not now because she's calling me out on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I first want to tell you, I really am glad that you came on because you were a little hesitant at first. And uh, so was she. And quite honestly, I think I told you this. All the females, for the most part, that we've asked are usually hesitant. They're like, hey, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Have you looked in the mirror? It may be, it may, may, maybe you that they're hesitant. They're just freaked could, out by it you. Very well could be, TJ. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I've never done a podcast before, so I was, or, you know, anything like this. Yeah, well. I'm th- normally, I'm normally organizing the interviews, not doing that. Right, so. well, that's the thing, is like, I, I told Vanessa, you know, Mathis and Daniel Blair, they have podcasts like we do, and we all talk to the writers all the time, but it's really cool to get the other side, so I love having the wives, the girlfriends, the PR. The inner workings. Yeah, it's really the, yeah. a different side, and it's fun, and, and I think so far, as far as I know, all the ladies that have been on have had a really good time, and we really get the most response out of the female guests from our listeners. They, yeah. they really like it. Well, perfect. Hopefully they enjoy my rambling. Well, no, you, you did great, and I think they will. And, um, I, again, I really appreciate it. Um, I do have one last question. And all right. So at, I'm going to be at Millville, and I'm planning on racing Amateur Day, and I would like to pit out of the factory Honda tent. How, how can we make that happen? <laughs> you can pit probably behind there and then down a ways but, <laughs> but i ride a honda it's red but it has a number three on it that's the problem well nobody else is using that number right now <laughs> that's right oh, it's a yeah. number one I, right yeah i know that took me a second i'm like 
uh, what? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. See, I, I mentioned to Vanessa that I was going to do this, and she said, well, yeah, because you can't have that ugly thing under my tent. So I was like, yeah, whatever. We're not besties anymore. That's right. So Coming from the one that wears bright green, come on. Exactly. Honda Nation. No wing, no prayer. Yeah. <laughs> no wing, no prayer. <laughs> okay, so that's a hard no, correct? That's a hard no. A hard no. Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll have to pit wherever the amateur riders pit and walk over yeah i don't think it's that far no i just felt like i mean you have plenty of your steps in you have plenty of room at the moment unfortunately (laughs) gosh that's harsh that is so harsh well i mean we're huge christian craig yeah (laughs) yeah all right well i thought i'd at least try well, Mandy, yeah. thank you so much. Um, again, greatly appreciated. It was a lot of fun, and I look forward to seeing you up at Millville. Yeah, I'll see you there. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yes, ma'am. Thank you awesome. so much. You have fun at the uh, beach on your boat, and tell Vanessa, too bad, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, have a good night, guys. All right, see All you, right, Mandy. All right. Another I, great interview. It was. Like, like you said, and you've told her, you told other people, I mean, and you say it's the women's stuff. I think it's the 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 stuff that no one gets to hear. No one talks to these people. No one gets to hear the inside of what goes on. And yeah, and um, it's awesome how personable everybody is. Like that we've talked to, like especially like the PR people. You would think that people would be like. It's kind of surprises me that no one else has had them on. Right, that has heard their side because I mean. It, I guess I just like all the inner workings of all this stuff. Yeah, it's interesting, and I think that maybe they just get overlooked, unfortunately. You know, I mean, yeah. they'll have the mechanics here and there, but yeah, there's there's other people. Like when I've been at the races and seen what Mandy does and seen what Vanessa does, like man, you know, they they're they're every bit as much a part of the team and as important yep. as the riders and the team managers and the mechanics. But nobody ever talks about that. So yeah, it's and you know, <laughs> it's a little selfish maybe, but it helps to have an end with the, with the, with Mandy and Vanessa and trying to, Any of the trying people, to get yeah. an end with Stephanie, with KTM, you know, if they know who we are, it makes it a lot easier to get interviews and, and they're really cool people. I mean, yeah. I, I, there's some of my favorite interviews. I told Vanessa that was one of my favorite interviews when she right. was on a couple of weeks ago. And it was really good. Like yeah. the response to it was amazing. So yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, we need to get Vernon on. So let's take another break and we'll get, come back with Vernon McKinney. There's McKinney. We are back. Our next guest of the night I'm very excited about, and he is brought to you by All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces are the helmet for your wrist. Top athletes like Weston Pike, Adam Cincerillo, Joey Savacci, Alex Ray, Major League Baseball players, NFL players, and pro bull riders all trust All Sport Dynamics. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com for info and follow them at wristbraceguy on Instagram or email me at darksidemx3 at aol.com for info. So our next guest is Texas, one of Texas's best top pro privateers of all time, Vernon McKitty. He's an awesome dude that I've known for a long time. He builds tracks all over Texas. Vernon, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on here. Heck yeah, man. We're stoked. Um, it's been, you know, I've known you since I think 2007, the very first Freestone National. But yeah, um, yeah I'm glad to have <laughs> you on. Cool, man. Yeah, I appreciate it for sure. Yeah, I uh, I was actually thinking about that race 
about a week ago, me and someone were talking, and uh, I ended up getting that top Texas privateer that day, and so that was pretty cool. So yeah, that was good way to meet. That was something that me and Michael Gage just decided we wanted to do at the time. We were, you know, his his business does moto at the time was doing well, and. We wanted to help out the top Texas guys, and you and Ryan Grantham were the two guys that won the the big fake checks. And I think what did we do? Like five hundred yeah. bucks a piece. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Yeah. I still have the check. So <laughs> nice, pretty, pretty cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, we so. we really enjoyed that. Well, Vernon, I haven't got the chance to meet you in person, but I've got yep. to admire your work at these local tracks. I've been the yeah. I've been an announcer at Village and and pretty much almost every track here in the Northeast Texas area and seeing some of the changes you make and watching how the racing is better, the tracks are, I don't know if the tracks are necessarily safer, but they flow better and they have less, you know, basically less do or die jumps. Yeah, yeah. And the jumps are still the same size, but guys that don't jump it don't die. If you come up short, you can, I mean, it's been awesome not only watching it from other racers um, and as a as a parent <laughs> seeing your kids out there it's nice to know that the track builders you know kind of have that stuff in mind and like i said i've just admired your work and and just like like i said what you did at village here recently i guess that's the most recent yeah. i've seen is was awesome man i really appreciate that i uh, yeah i you know there's a lot of thought that goes in into the track building whether it's uh you know, mix them, you mix in the dirt up, you know, to make sure it's easier to prep for those guys and make sure that you have the best dirt possible from your land. And then, you know, making options with lines at work and passing lines, which, I, you know, I have a racing background and I still ride. So uh, I feel like that's one thing that I really have, you know, is uh, because I'm a racer and uh, and I've been to so many tracks and, and I have so you know so much experience at racing right. and r- running a dozer that uh i can put those two things together and it, it really works out and try try to make the tracks as, as consequence free as we can you know you know the one bad thing about our sport is uh, it is dangerous and uh to try to make it as safe as we can you know yeah absolutely i uh, i raced at village about a month ago and that was the first time i raced that new layout man it was i had a blast i really liked it i thought it flowed really well and uh, yeah, that was a good time. And, you know, I want to talk to you. Let's let's get into the, uh, you know, it was the edge. And I think now it's going to be South Central MX. Um, talk to us a little yep. bit about that. You built that track originally, is yep. my understanding. And I think you're rebuilding it now, maybe. And you're starting a little, um, like a training program out there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've, I've taken over here, uh, which was called the edge. It's uh, now called South Central MX, or you can call it SCMX. And, uh, and, and we're, we're, we still have it as a training facility, but we're also having races and we're, we're trying to schedule out races and, and get ready for that. The tracks here, we did build about a year ago and, and we're just freshing them up, you know, making some small changes and stuff through, right. throughout the week. But, uh, and, and, and just, you know, trying to get ready to have some races and make this a race facility, but also have training and, uh, and, and offer the people, you know, some different tracks to ride throughout the week if we can you know yeah uh and we already so so we're uh, actually the third round of the district 41 series which is uh september 16th here and uh so we're really excited about that so that's gonna be our first race that's awesome yeah i didn't know that was coming uh yeah i i love that place it's 
I, I'm a huge fan of Johnsonville. That's been my favorite track. But when I went to the Edge for the first time, I, it, it's I'm gonna put it pretty much equal with how I feel about Johnsonville. I love that place. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate hearing that for sure. Yeah, Cole does an awesome job too. So uh, looking forward to working with those guys and, uh, and and you know just helping racing and and motocross grow. You know. Yeah, I um I've got to ride out there, and then um on the vet track i haven't got a chance to ride the national track out there the vet track was a lot of fun i don't i'm not a huge fan of of, of like hard pack stuff so the the right. I, I didn't ride it as well as but man i got i actually went over there and just kind of putted around the the national track and i'm just drooling going Dude, i gotta make it out here i only yeah. had to ride it one time and i was kind of scared of it because of that massive triple type thing out by the front yeah, yeah. i was like man i don't want it and i and I kind of thought the whole track was like that, and I finally got a chance to ride yeah. it, and I fell in love. Like I did not want to come Does off. Does it have six-minute lap times? I don't Dude, know. It's, it's pretty long, <laughs> but we we, uh, we may shorten it up a little bit. You know, we're going to look at that. No, don't. Don't. Like, the, the, the worst part about racing nowadays is you spend $40 to go race, and you get about a – about five yeah, minutes right. on a track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, but there's a lot that goes in yeah. there as a, as a track owner, for sure. Oh, I've, but, got a, uh, I've got a little track here in my backyard. And this last weekend, we rode here. My lap times are about a minute 40, somewhere right around in there, for the, some right of the on. faster guys. And I put 15 loads of water on it. So, exactly. And for, that, that, that was for four people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're actually getting some rain here at, south central and uh it's it's gonna be awesome this week if uh we get some of this moisture in the ground we uh we've been watering our butts off you know uh andrew pierce is here he's our trainer a full-time training here and he's here monday through thursday so we we've had 22 students from the first day and uh so we're you know everything's going good the kids are loving it but uh this rain's definitely going to make things even better so definitely definitely so how did you decide, I mean, when you, you were racing back in 07, you know, you were, you were trying to make some nationals and, and doing pretty well. I mean, you know, what made you decide to kind of step away from that and start building tracks? Was that like a goal well, all, all, all along? Well, kind of, you know, I, I mean, obviously, like most of the motocrossers do, you know, I grew up playing with the motocross toys and building little tracks and stuff, yeah. and then. I started racing BMX and, and built BMX jumps and, and, you know, dirt jumps and stuff. And then uh, started racing motocross, and then I got to that point, and uh, I didn't want to quit. You know how it is. It's it's really hard to step away, and me and my wife had decided, you know, if if she got pregnant and, and when we had our kid, I would step away. So I did uh, five years ago, and, uh, and I, I stepped away from that. But I, at the same time, my last five years or so as a pro i was only way i was able to race as a pro is to do track work to pay for my racing so when i was i was staying in california and i I had done track prep for jason lawrence josh josh hill and villapoto and those guys and uh to to pay for myself to to be able to race you know so uh and then i just got better and better and i had helped you know, a few other track builders and, uh, and learned a lot. And, uh, yeah. And then it just kind of took off from there. I started running Rio Bravo motocross right. park in, in Houston and, uh, and they helped me a lot to be able to have a job in the industry. And, uh, you know, I was able to do my track building and slowly grow. And, and now we're at VMAC tracks and it's doing pretty good. Yeah. I think 
two two years ago, I think it was Rio was the last time I saw you when yeah. when I had shattered my collarbone. So that was a yeah. pretty negative experience. But the track was yeah. a lot of fun. That place was cool. I wish I'd gotten some more laps on it. Yeah, I wish you would have too. I, I definitely didn't want to see you get hurt. I was pretty bummed about that. Yeah, well, it it happens. I mean, it was my fault. You know, I just lost concentration yeah. for a second, but. But the track was cool. I think that was one of the first times that I rode on one of your tracks, at least that I was aware yeah. of. Right, right. I, I do a ton of uh, private tracks, you yeah. know, and then now here in Texas I do, uh, well, I do, you know, South Central now. And then uh, I did the MX Compound, which went away, but I do Village Creek. I do all of Freestone's race prep and their changes. And uh, I also have been doing a lot of stuff for Oak Hill. And they got a new owner there, yep. and we've been working together. So uh, yeah. that's been really nice, too, you know? Yeah, we had Kevin on last week, and he mentioned that. Awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. So yeah, yeah. Hey, I've got, you just mentioned Freestone. So I've got some listener questions here, and uh, Clayton, Clayton Miller sent a question in. So it says, Hi. ask Vernon, when was the last time he ate at his favorite restaurant, Poncho's? Oh, man. Oh, dude. Of course, Clayton's going to say something in there. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't been in a while, you know. I don't, I don't feel like hitting the restrooms up right away. But uh, <laughs> I, he does call me Poncho McGriddle, so uh, oh, nice. i got to stick to it. Dude, Poncho's is, is – I, I don't know if it's a joke or what you are talking because obviously not in the loop there. <laughs> right. Dude, that's like one of my favorite restaurants because it's so cheap and you can get so much Mexican yeah. food. TJ TJ here is as cheap as Jason Wygant, man. He's famous for his cheapness. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I, I hate spending money. Dude, oh, yeah. I'm right there with you on that. But, dude, I grew up, like, eating there. So, like, yes, yeah. my dad would pick me up, I'm like, oh, I'm pumped on the it. The flag? But now, yeah. God. Dude, I'd throw the flag out for yeah. some sopapillas. Dude, sopapillas. <laughs> you fill it with honey. I'm telling hey. you. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, next time we next time we go there, we're going to. It's my treat. I'll buy a poncho. Holy so crap. Good. It's so good. I'll buy yeah. it. We're going. We're going. <laughs> the end of the world is near. TJ offered to buy. That's awesome. So, okay. So, uh, Clayton also asks, and and how he came about the nickname Back of the Pack VMAC. Oh, oh and, man. And he also mentioned that you love snakes. Dude, get this guy out of here. Back of the Pack VMAC. Uh that's a Clayton deal there, but I, I think he was just jealous to try to tell me, uh, to try to get out of the front of the pack, you know, so he called me back of the pack. <laughs> That's funny. Well, let's continue. I've got a couple more listener questions here. Craig Martin, uh, says, ask him how fast, uh, how fast he and his brother Pooh were on KLX 110s at my KLX 110 <laughs> mini nationals. Dude, rip it for sure. Dragging some bars. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. All right, well, I got one more, and this comes from uh, Dane Evans. He's our Amsoil guy. He yep. wants to know if you'll be racing any more races in the future on the Alta, and please share your opinion on the Alta. He says you must have liked yeah. it since you raced it with no adjustments. To the yeah, I, I, I wrote. You know, I so I raced a couple of the main event series. Uh, Larry Hughes kind of got me that deal going, and. Uh, Obviously, I hadn't been over to ride. I've been working too much, and yeah. I, I just show up and race, But uh, which I don't like to do because I don't feel like I ride like myself. But, man, people ride away, and uh, it, was, it was a blast. I, we raced at Freestone for the main event series, and uh, I could have won, but I got a flat tire. But <laughs> the, bike, uh, the bike was so sweet, man, and it's like it's crazy because you don't have a clutch, but, and right. you don't have gears. But but it's so easy to focus while you're riding, 
you know, so uh, I, I had a blast, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely hope that I get to ride that thing again. Uh, I look forward to it. Well, you, I don't know if you've listened to the show before. I am a huge proponent of the electric bikes. I rem- I used to, okay. I tried to quit racing motocross for a while, and I got into doing RC cars right when the electric cars were coming in, and I saw yeah. what the electric cars did to the yeah. nitro cars. I think that's probably going to wind up happening. Um, I haven't got a chance to actually throw a leg over the Alta yet, and I've said it for this last year. I'm riding a YZ125, and that's my last yeah. gas bike until I get an electric bike. I mean, yeah. I'm, and I've heard nothing but good things, but yeah. that bike came in with such a splash. It was supposed to race the Canadian Nationals and all this kind of stuff, and then it's just I just crickets now. I don't know what's going right, on. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that's something with uh, they're getting the sanctioning right for it or whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't know how that's going with that, but I did have fun when I rode it. And, uh, my, you know, I still love I have a YZ125, and I raced the 125 Dream Race, actually, last year. And, uh, man, I uh, you can't really beat a 125, so but that, that thing is fun, though, you know? What, um... So right now, are you actually getting? You're out there working, and I know how it is at those training facilities. Are you actually getting a time to actually ride out there? Or are you just full <laughs> working? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, to be honest with you, I've only rode about. I rode the last day I was here building. It was after. It was in August of last year, and we had you know that. Are you there? We lost him. All right, let's try calling him back. Hold on. Well, he's still okay. Vernon, are you there, bud? Uh, ride not here, but I haven't been able to yet. So. so you haven't got a chance to ride on all these beautiful tracks you're building. That's that's just sad. <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot to me. Uh, but uh, now that it's raining right now, I definitely think I'll be riding tomorrow. And nice. I'm looking forward to that. that that's so. what I was thinking here. I was watching the rain come down. <laughs> that's exactly what I told Jamie. I was like, I may get to ride out here tomorrow. <laughs> that's awesome so let our listeners know when the south central mx is going to be open to the public or is is it all did it open this weekend or is it coming soon so so we opened on monday for training right? okay and and people can join in on our training program by the day or uh or or by the month or whatever they want to do like i said our training programs from monday through thursday uh, and we start about eight thirty in the morning and it goes to about two but uh, we we are open to the public on Wednesdays and Thursdays, but from noon until five p.m. Okay. So tomorrow we're actually supposed to, supposed to be open to the public as long as we don't get like totally flooded. But uh, right, I are, we can take a lot of rain here, man. And uh, yeah, I think so, Mueller's so, supposed to come out tomorrow. Yeah. John I, I, oh, that would be cool. Yeah, John's killing it. So, and I know Ben Lemay's coming tomorrow. Oh, nice. And, uh, Ryder Floyd. So uh, there should be a good little group out here tomorrow. And it, it, you know the guys have been loving it. our our guys here training. Uh, the kids are loving it, man. And it's a uh, it's good practice. We have that Loretta's replica, which is real sandy, but uh, it still gives you a good feel for it. And it's getting pretty dang rough. So it's it's been nice. Cool, cool. I wish I wasn't having to work tomorrow because yeah. I would definitely like to come out and, and see yeah, Ben and sure. Ryder throw some laps down. That'd be fun. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing them out here and uh, provide them a good track, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, Vernon, thanks so much for some of your time tonight. Um, I know you got your family probably waiting on you, and it's getting a little late here in Texas. we got to uh, have him back on. Yeah, definitely. We want to get you back on and uh, see how this thing's going, and 
And we uh, definitely, I'm sure we'll see you soon at one of these tracks at some point. I definitely want to get back out to South Central. Yeah, for sure. I would love to have you guys out. So uh, give me a shout when you guys can make it out. And and we're open, you know, to the public. Like I said, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Cool. We're also going to be open uh, Saturdays and Sundays to the public. And uh, you can check us out on southcentralmx.com. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys, and I really appreciate being on the show. And check out VMAC Tracks, and uh, we'll see you all soon. All right, Vernon. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thank you, guys. Okay. Have a good night. All right. Well, that was a pretty good show, even though, you know, as always, I'm flustered here and there. And Yeah, you've been just falling apart lately. I don't know what's going on. It's old on age creeping in, man. I just, yeah, I can't you... keep my shit together. <laughs> it's old age. That's so funny. Uh, well, all right. So, um, let's say, hey, Patreon, you guys know we've talked about it a whole bunch. Patreon.com, please sign up if you are willing to help us out a little bit. Uh, we we greatly appreciate it, and we're trying to do cool things for our Patreon listeners. And as you guys know, we have a helmet being custom painted that we're going to be unveiling at Millville that's going to be given away to some of our listeners. So if you don't know about the helmet paint job, uh, Fly Racing donated a helmet. Kirk Hunter at Extreme Colors uh, is painting it for free, and we are going to give that away to one of our listeners. So if you are just a regular listener and you hear about this, Email me at darksidemx3 at AOL or hit me up on direct message some way and let me know you heard about this. I'll put you in the drawing. Because we're not posting this on social media. No, no, I'm not posting it on social media. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get three chances in the drawing. You get three, you go in the hat three times. Medium so, helmet? It is a medium helmet. And awesome. With the with the fly helmet, you can change the padding out to a large. Oh, cool. So it's so I, I can win it and it fit my big head. You cannot win it. You're Dang. not eligible. So anyway, yeah, guys, hit me up uh, and get in that drawing. Let us know you're listening. Go to our sponsors. Check them out. Follow them. That that means a lot to us. Thanks, guys. It was a great show. TJ, thanks yep. for being in studio for once. For once. And, hey, we'll see you guys again next week or talk to you next week. <laughs>